Hello, and welcome to the Human Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. This is a podcast where I interview everyday people to hear inspirational stories about struggle, hardship, and the insights that follow on the other side. I've had my own fair share of difficult times in my life, and I've always been fascinated in hearing about other people's experiences and discovering how they too have overcome adversity. The human spirit is simple yet complex, unique but shared. Come with me and let's travel along the ends of this spectrum together. In this next episode, I interviewed Kara Lim, a professional singer and vocal coach. I learned about her passion for singing and teaching and some of her own personal struggles with perfectionism, along with the beautiful transformation that developed along the way. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And be sure to listen to the very end where she sings a short piece for us. Hi, Kara. So good to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I love this stuff. So <laughs> this is right up my alley. <laughs> Being vulnerable and sharing stories. That sounds good to me. Good, good. So, um, yeah, I love it too. And that's why I wanted to make this podcast because I feel like it's, for me, it's not so much about listening in order to get advice if something like that happens in my life. It's more like just hearing other humans and maybe some insights come, maybe they don't, but it's those stories that kind of remind me of my humanity. So yeah, let's jump in. I just wanted to get give you the opportunity to tell me a little bit about yourself, your passions, your interests, and where you are right now in your life. Well, I am currently taking care of two very small children. That takes a large part of my day. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have two sons, Stephen and Daniel. They're four and three. And I'm also very passionate about singing. And I teach voice lessons privately from my house. Um, and I also am a performer. So I love to be on stage and to act in musicals. So I, I used to live in New York City for 11 years. That's where this whole experience that I was going to share about today, that's where this took place. Wow, wow. Was there a certain moment when you were in New York that you felt like um, you knew you wanted to teach vocal lessons? That Yeah, that did come through in New York City because I was working, as every actor who moves to New York does, you have to get some kind of side job. And <laughs> mine was waiting tables. And the restaurant was a singing restaurant in Times Square called Ellen's Stardust Diner. So the whole wait staff are very talented actors, performers, singers. and uh, But we were there for eight to 10 hours a day. So it was mm -hmm. very hard to sustain your singing voice for the entire shift, much less doing it day in and day out. And the wait staff started coming up to me and saying, I noticed you don't lose your voice. Can you help me with my singing voice? And I had done some teaching before that, but that was really the beginning of my voice studio was all of the waiters that worked at Ellen's started coming over for voice lessons at my apartment <laughs> in New York. And then they just were having a good time with the process. So they started passing my name on to their friends and my voice studio just grew bigger and bigger and bigger until I actually left my job 
didn't have to serve tables anymore. I just got to teach voice lessons. And I was teaching as many as 40 voice lessons in a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot, but it's funny. You, you said how they enjoyed it and they feel like they benefited. And I love that process of them coming to you asking. It sounds like some a switch flipped. There was a passion there. Can you talk about how that grew? Yes. I have always loved to share music with people. Even when I was a little kid, my cousin would play the piano for me and I would sing standing next to her. And I became obsessed with learning how to play the piano because I wanted to play and sing at the same time. I just always loved it. And, but I never realized that that could be a job until this whole, you know, Ellen's thing happened and all of these people started coming over for lessons. And I realized, (laughs) wait a second, I don't have to wait tables and do that grind every day, I can do something that was very taxing, teaching 40 hours a week. That's probably too much, but <laughs> I, I did love it. And it gave me an opportunity to help people with their auditions, help people with their technique as a singer, but also just to get to know a lot of different types of people. That's so interesting how it's just so natural, how it came about. And that's kind of like a good segue because it's something that you enjoy seeing for yourself, but also teaching others. What were some of the challenges or difficulties that you've encountered singing yourself and also teaching? I just wanted to touch back a second when you said that it was so natural how the flow happened for that, yeah. because I have always felt that it was my calling to teach voice lessons and to be a mentor to people that, you know, just have stories to tell and I'm there to listen. And so Mm. I have felt that it is beyond a job. It it really is a calling for me. And uh, growing up as a Christian, you're, you're looking for really where, where has God placed you in the world and what value are you going to offer in that place? And it became very clear that that was a very, blessed place for me to be because it just worked without trying. I didn't have to force anything um, as far as growing my business, promoting it or anything like that. It just seemed like it was a it was an open door and I just walked right through it. But the challenges actually came mm-hmm. through um, they came at the tail of of all the success that I was experiencing as a teacher because I was telling people how to be better singers and how to do well in their auditions. And then I found myself becoming more and more fearful in my own auditions and my own singing, because I was afraid Mm -hmm. that I would fall short of the expectation I was placing on my students that, you know, you teach this all day, Kara, now you have to do it. You have to stand up there and do this. And I started putting a lot of pressure on myself. At first, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just noticed Mm -hmm. that when I started going in for my auditions, I started feeling more and more nervous. And um, suddenly, over time, I realized that I was developing stage fright because it was getting worse and worse to the point of feeling like I was going to throw up and my legs were shaking. And I just wanted to run away from the thing that I had loved so much and had been doing for so long. Yeah, it kind of turned against me. It sounds like you realized after the fact that it was because 
uh, of what you were saying to your students and you wanted to have that ideal within you. So what transformed for you with this? Well, it was two things. Um, I went back and, and looked up when when this happened. This was in 2011. So this was 10 years ago. And I can think of two specific times that I noticed either some awareness or a transformation. One was singing, being asked to sing at a friend's wedding. And I, I just thought, I don't want to. Don't make me do it. I, I'm so nervous. Mm-hmm. And um, But I did it because I want... I. I still felt that desire to perform and to do nice things for people, um, you know, sing at someone's wedding. Yes, that's an honor. Um, so I was trying still to overcome. And uh, but when I sang at the wedding, I felt all of those feelings, the the fear, the nausea, the shaking. But shortly after, she invited me over to her apartment and she showed me her wedding video. And when I saw myself on the wedding video, I was so scared to see what I looked like because I remembered how I felt. And when I saw what I looked like, I realized I looked completely calm and collected during the singing. I thought I would look like a mess or I would see panic in my eyes. So I realized that I was more capable of persevering through those odds than I was giving myself credit for. First of all, because mm. I, I I really thought I must look like such a fool or a phony, but it wasn't that. I I looked like I was happy to sing at her wedding. So a lot of what I was experiencing was building in my mind, and I think it's good just to see sometimes that we can still, even when when it's difficult, we can still move forward, and maybe it's not as bad as you think. The second Mm. thing that truly transformed me was I mentioned earlier that I I grew up as a, in a Christian household. So I was taught things about Christianity and I, I always felt very connected to my faith, but as you grow up and you're still maturing, you're still trying to really understand how, what you believe, how much do you really believe what you say you believe? And one of the things in my faith that I said I believed was true was that no one is perfect and only Jesus was perfect. And so I don't have to be perfect. Um, I knew that was true because people told me that was true, but it was obvious through this experience. And, and this stage fright went on for a year. This was a long drawn out process, <laughs> but it was one night in a Bible study and we were just talking, you know, in this class and, and we were just talking about perfectionism. And I, I realized that it wasn't stage fright that I was suffering from. It was more a bad case of perfectionism and feeling mm-hmm. like I needed to, to be perfect and I had, you know, a nice little aha moment that night realizing I'm not perfect and that's okay. Um, God can use me just as I am. I'm good enough yeah. just as I am. And the healing began from there. So I, I didn't uh, instantly change overnight and suddenly not mm-hmm. be nervous anymore. But <laughs> it, it definitely was a very healing night. And from there was able to start to regain my confidence again and and um, move forward. Oh, man. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story. When you sang for that wedding and then went back and saw the tape and you looked fine, it reminds me of how sometimes 
when a perspective changes or you get a bird's eye view or you take a step back, how things can look different. And that was quite literally taking a step back because you were looking at yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's really amazing how that took place. It kind of got you out of your mind because you weren't in your mind. You were looking at yourself, which is cool. And then what you talk about at your Bible study and and how you kind of rekindled that flame of, of faith and what you you re, you remembered something that was so important to you something that was intrinsic to you that right. you kind of forgotten and these the topic and the uh, people kind of resurrected it so to speak not to use more faith language, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> maybe because you brought that up i'm just going to talk in bible words from now on for the rest of this episode but that leads me to another question which which is um who supported you during this time it sounds like that that study group supported you did you talk to other people Outside of the study group, at the study group, did you tell them what you were experiencing? Yes, because I burst into tears. It was like, you know, just a a big, like I said, it was an aha moment. Life isn't always full of those kind of discoveries, but sometimes you just get hit over the head with something. And I just kind of was laid flat by that. Um, I, the woman who led that class, I mean, she was at my wedding there, right? You know, she was my mentor and she definitely Mm. has set me straight more than once about um, just the authenticity of, of who we are as people and what we believe. And I think she just really understands it. Her name's Beverly and I, I love her dearly. Um, but also thank my- Thank you, Beverly. Thank you, Beverly. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but my students too, Josh, they, um, when I started sharing with them, hey, I'm freaking out too. <laughs> They're like, no, you, 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 can do this perfectly. You're not, you're not messing up in auditions. You're not, and I said, no, I, I promise you I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. And so just the camaraderie when you um, just put yourself at the same plane as someone else. Um, and I, I often felt that my students tried to put me up on a pedestal. And I, that's a very dangerous place to live your life, having people look up to you. I mean, Yes, you want to be a good role model to people, but um, it's very hard to stay humble in general as a person, but definitely in theater. And Mm. so I think it's important just to be able to see the relatability with other people, um, just to connect with people in ways you find your similarities and empathize in ways maybe that you're different. But um yeah, my students, they have always kept me very, very grounded. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you you get as much from them as they get from you, maybe in a different way. But mm-hmm. And I have an odd question that um, you said how they said, oh, no, Kara, you, you know, you could do it. And they were supporting you verbally. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did they support you non-verbally? Just in, I, my intuition is saying, like, just teaching them and being uh, in relationship to them, teaching the lessons, was there something in there that taught you something? Maybe the trust that you sense that you're, you're being trusted. You're being mm-hmm. trusted with, you know, the growth and some aspect of their career and um, what they're pursuing. But I find 
it's very often that voice students tend to open up about just anything. It's hard to sing. It's hard to sing from your heart if your heart is blocked up with some kind of pain that you you went through something difficult mm-hmm. and then you walk into your voice lesson and you're supposed to start singing. It's really hard to do that. So it just a lot of times ends up being an outpouring of emotions. <laughs> um, but I, I've always been a very open person and I, I always welcome that part of voice lessons because I think when you establish trust, it's easier for people to take feedback and know that you don't mean any harm, that it's only for their benefit, that you're giving them some kind of critique um, because they trust you. So they're willing to hear, you know, that, oh, that wasn't supported well, or, oh, your voice, you know, could use more openness here. They're, they're willing to, to hear that kind of feedback from you. That's so interesting. It's that connection and openness that I would also would imagine, just like you said, makes them a better singer, but it it makes a more dynamic lesson, I would think. And now we're going to take a quick break so I could tell you about our wonderful sponsor for today's episode. Do you sometimes feel like you could use an extra boost of confidence when feeling nervous? Or are you overly fearful about worst case scenarios? Then courage might be just the thing for you. Yes, courage, an all-natural proven force that might not get rid of the fear, but it can help you move through it as elegantly as an eagle flies over a pond during sunset. So give it a try, risk-free, and join us as we look into the eyes of fear and say, meh. And now, back to our episode. Full disclosure, I'm one of Kara's students. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sing right now, but... I love how you, uh, when we first start out, we have that connection in the beginning of just sharing how we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's true that opens up, like you said, our hearts in order to sing more fully. It's it's true. Singing, what is it about singing that opens us up, do you think? Or is it something about voice? Is it more, is it, what makes it more than just speaking how we feel, but singing? How does that magnify it? There's deeper breath involved. Breath, our emotions are connected to our breath. So mm. when you start breathing deeply to sing and, and singing with support and projecting, you start to just connect more to who you are as a person because you're not hiding behind anything more. You're kind of putting yourself out there. Mm. Um, and then just music. I mean, music is sentimental. It brings people to tears. It makes people smile. They dance. It just seems to invoke a strong emotional response from people that are either singing or listening to it. So it's Mm -hmm. a very powerful thing. There's all these studies about how music helps dementia patients because they can connect back to um, time and their uh, childhood and things like that. Music is very powerful for the mind really? and for, for wow. yeah, just your your health. It, there's a lot of research about dementia and music, and I, I find that very interesting. It is fascinating. That, that reminds me of kind of like how smell mm-hmm. with with smell brings us back to memories and music too. When I hear a song, it brings me back to certain memories of my childhood that sometimes I've forgotten and, and it's like or I've I've had moments where I think of a song that I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. in so many years and it 
I get this feeling in my body as if I'm a child. It's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. And also what you said about the combination of voice and music, like it's like peanut butter and jelly. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a, a magic combo there that helps us open up and share from our hearts. Right. I guess maybe not every job can you have a heart to heart before you begin your business meeting or something, but <laughs> it's one of the perks of, of the arts, at least in this kind of private study set, uh, setting. Can you ask your students to, before a meeting to go in the bathroom and sing, uh, sing a quick song to get them ready for a me an important meeting? Mm. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> thought. Yeah. If you were, Maybe if you were nervous to make a presentation or something, maybe going and yeah. listening to a song in your car and singing it aloud to it just to kind of connect to your body. It's such a physical experience too. Singing takes place in your whole body. That's true. It resonates down to your legs, down to your toes. Yeah, that vibration goes through everything. I've heard it said also that our, our bones are kind of like tuning forks. So mm -hmm. I can imagine that then it resonates throughout our entire body. Right. And before a meeting or before an important conversation, like you said, it could get you, get someone out of their head and into their whole body. So they, they kind of bring forth all that they are in whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that surprised you or was unexpected from your own experience of trying to be perfect? I think if you go through life and you're blessed with not having a lot of difficult experiences as a child. You just kind of assume life is going to just keep trucking that way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then something kind of comes up that in your mind, you say, no, I'm, I'm calm. I'm collected. I can do this. But then your body says lies. That's actually <laughs> lies. Because <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that you sometimes in your mind in a situation like that, you can't even convince your body that everything's okay. Um, I think if, if, you're, if there's something that you don't actually believe is okay. So, like I said, I think I put all the responsibility on myself that I needed to be perfect, to hit every note perfectly, and um, to get all of the jobs. And so even though I would say to myself, you can do this, my probably some part of my head is saying, hey, you're not perfect. And so you're, you're going to be nervous, actually. Hmm. Like something deep inside you knew that you weren't uh, being completely honest with yourself and right? created that reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think there's times now ever since the pandemic where I started getting these like butterflies in my stomach and um, I thought, this is strange. Where is this coming from? I'm just unloading the dishwasher. And I just realized that there was just a little bit of like low grade anxiety running through me because of all of the stress of the pandemic. And even though I kept telling myself, you're fine, um, the butterflies, they they tell you, actually, we're, we're, we're still going to need you to look at this. Something needs addressing. So learning how to listen to your body is valuable to overcoming, for myself, overcoming anxiety 
induced stage fright. Hmm. I would think it's important in a lot in a lot of areas in one's life too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you, Kara, for sh- everything that you've shared today. I think I just have one more question, one last question for you. And you kind of touched upon it just now, but is there anything else that you might want a listener to take away from what you shared? No, I was, I was thinking of something too, that now it's trying to find the balance between what the preparation that I do to do my very best and then letting myself be human in the moment and forgiving myself in the moment. If something messes up, I forget a lyric or something just mm-hmm. to quickly move on and say, that's okay. Let's keep focused. Let's stay, let's stay in it. Let's finish the song. So yeah, not, not just wild abandon, of, <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to try anymore because I'm not perfect. I, I still absolutely put a lot of hard work into what I do. I just try to have a little more grace for myself. Oh, I love that so much. Try and have a little more grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that combination of having that preparedness, but also the, the space mm-hmm. to be in the present moment as well when you're singing or whenever you're doing something it's never one thing is it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's something that i've found that there's always a combination of things that come together and and may and that combination can change over time as well Mm -hmm. Hmm. well thank you kara and uh, before you go you so graciously agreed to sing a little diddly for us just to share because I, I, you have an amazing voice and talking about voice, I'd love to just have you um, imprint that on this episode. So um, I'm going to let you take it away. And if you want to share something about the song that you picked, please feel free. So I was saying that I sang at that wedding in the summer where I was so nervous. Um, By September, I had made a lot of steps forward in the stage fright and I got the opportunity to play Patsy Cline and I auditioned and and got this role uh, to play her. And that Mm -hmm. began a whole journey of, of, of playing this role all over the country. So when I was thinking about a song to share a little bit of, I thought, let me do a little bit of Patsy because she was kind of my restorer of confidence that I could get up on stage again and share this gift that I've been presented with that I need to take good care of. So this is just a little snippet from Patsy Cline. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy, crazy for feeling so blue. I knew you loved me as long as you wanted, and then someday. You'd leave me for somebody new. I'm crazy for trying and 
crazy for crying and I'm crazy for loving you. Thank you, Kara. That was beautiful. beautiful. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. And that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at The Human Spirit Podcast. And I'll see you next time. Let the stories continue.